One of them specifically, I I kind of want to bring up because it's played by Josh's girlfriend or one of his girl crushes. I feel like he's the only one that has the the issue with the the camera thing. I don't know if that actually affects any of you guys. I feel like it's just been him. Andy, I'm gonna we're we're gonna talk about Hera. I'm I'm flat out. I'm gonna tell you. Oh, okay. Because she's she's the one that's in the trailer from another Rebels holdout character. She was one of the ones that I was uh, unsure about the uh, fate of. So. But yeah, the cool thing for me was learning that something I had no idea about was that she married uh, Ewan, like, last year. I knew there, I don't think I realized they were married. Yeah, yeah they, I think I, I, think yeah, I knew they, they were married. together, but... It, it said 2022 they got married. Who yeah, is it? All right. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Gotcha. Oh, and just like that, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. He heard the name, and he's like, what? She's married? And then he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not worth living anymore. He wants to watch the world burn now. <laughs> as long as there was hope, I would have kept going, but no more no, wait, Discord he, no, for me. No, he's he's doing this right now. No! No, 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 no one should He didn't want us that. to see him cry. That's what it was. He didn't want us to see him cry. That's all. Just for that, Andy, I think that's the cold open. Like, you doing the Vader no. I think that's that's worthy. Honestly, you just need to clip it and use it in lots of situations. <laughs> If I knew you were going to clip it, I was going to, I would have done it for longer. longer well, you know, now's your yeah, chance. You could, yeah, you could everybody watching. I could easily take the other second clip if you <laughs> want to take another crack at it. No. Are you recording your screen too? Because he's doing the motion while he's doing it. Like he's, the disc, he's full the, on the, acting. The backup out, recording so. through Streamlabs for Discord is is catching video, so that's there. <laughs> But yeah, for the audio listeners, he's definitely leaning back in the chair, arms open. Like, it's a, it's a one-for-one one translation for what, what is seen at the end of Revenge of the Sith, for sure. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Josh Dorch. Uh It is a miracle that I am here at all with you folks, but it has been a long time, so I am happy to be. <laughs> and Mike Bradley. Just sitting in silence. He's here, folks. I swear. He's, he's still here. <laughs> Sooner or later, you will hear him in this episode. Silent, silent protest over over the lack of creative intro. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, hi so guys, we're back I'm to... here. Oh, I'm there glad we to go. be here uh, <laughs> today to talk about some new shit that happened. And it's pulls an E in and just waits till I start to talk, and then he throws it in there. <laughs> I um, thought it was right. more 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 of an Andy move where he just pretends to be a wax figure. Until we figure oh, out that's if he's true too. Lying yeah, you guys all have your sticks, and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know why I do this. <laughs> like, I should, I should be used to them by now, and I'm still not. Like, it's fine. That's why I got to keep you on your toes because you weren't <laughs> expecting me to use Ian's move. Yeah, yeah. Well, way, way to represent. Uh, all right, so we're back. Uh, we're gonna cover some news, which we really haven't done in a while. I mean, we're. 
I know we haven't done a lot of podcasting lately, which is on me, but, you know, I felt like since we haven't done a news episode in a while, we got some really good, uh, I think, Star Wars meaty stuff over this past weekend from Star Wars Celebration to talk about. Uh, I figured that's enough to, to fill an episode. I know there's some other stuff that news-wise that's been going on that we, I know we haven't touched on, and, you know, maybe somewhere we'll, we'll loop back around to that kind of stuff, but we're going to try to keep this one a little bit lean. Uh, we got some Star Wars stuff to talk about, like I said, uh, but before we get into Star Wars, there was a Harry Potter tidbit uh that i think maybe needs some diving into and I'm, I'm curious to see what these uh these potter heads think of uh this news so what i post i think i posted it on facebook i don't know if i actually forwarded it on on twitter or not but i know it's on the facebook page um deadline is reporting that warner brothers is trying to finalize a deal with jk rowling to adapt the harry potter series of books again uh this time they want to do them into a series for hbo max which will have every season of the show being one of the books. Now, you know, we can talk a bit about Rowling, I guess, and how you feel about her involvement at all. I uh, feel like that's she, a topic we should avoid. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, she does have creative control over any exploitation of her work, so she has to give the green light on this series, and if she does, that means she would be on the series as a producer. Um, at the time Deadline posted the article, I think it was it was unsure if she was going to do this. Uh, I think just today we had the announcement of like HBO Max and Discovery rolling into what they're now going to just call Max as the streaming service. Uh, and they uh, did put out a little stupid uh, trailer that was like 45 seconds basically saying, hey, we're making a Harry Potter series. So I think that means this got the green light and is moving forward. I mean, it's just um, more money. Why, yeah. Why say no? It's a, it's a cash-in for them, for sure. Uh, as far as the Rawling involvement, I think Deadline reports that uh, previous Kids, Young Adult, and Classics president, Tom I Asham, uh, was the one to build a relationship with Rawling over the Harry Potter IP. However, when Discovery acquisition closed uh, and that division of Warner Brothers was disbanded, Asham left the company. So now it seems like Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav Zaslav, Zaslav, whatever, uh, who is someone that's apparently has been in support of Rowling over her, her comments, uh, is the one meeting with Rowling now to work out this deal. So they must have, you know, talked about it and, and that has gone forward. So with Rowling coming on board and this deal moving forward, they still have to go through all the pre-production stages of getting a writer, uh, probably at least trying to write the first season, getting directors, casting, all that stuff. So and I know, Josh, I'll start with you because I know you commented on the on the post that I made on Facebook. But what yep. do you think of this idea? And I guess would you like to see I, really what I'm calling a reboot of this series? Oh, sure. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I mean, if, let's keep in mind that the films came out of a, over a period of almost 10 years, a little, little sh couple months shy of 10 years. But it has been already 12 years since that series ended. So it's not like this picked up you know a year afterward or immediately afterward it's been over a decade since the movies have been done and as you said there's going to be at least th this is probably two years away minimum maybe oh, three least. um i was depending gonna say on three how... or five is my best guess i think they're probably gonna fast track it so it might be closer to three but i can see Five years. Sure, th there, there's always there's always the like little political game, uh, political game they might be playing in the background where they, you know, yes, it did take them a long time to put some of these pieces in place, but only recently did they start leaking that they might 
be in the works at all. So they t- they right. theoretically might be further along than they're publicly, you know, acknowledging or uh, I mean, they're not saying anything to the contrary, but yeah, that they're sharing at this point. But let's say comfortably, let's say two years. I mean, that's going to be almost 15 years after the movie's ended. So is it a reboot? Yes, of course it is. But, you know, I think it, it has marinated long enough. You know, I, I I remember saying when the last film was in theaters in 2011, it would probably be like, you know, at that time, we didn't know that they were going to try the Fantastic Beast films, but it would probably take 15 to 20 years uh, before they tried to, to go back into this. And, and obviously, none of us saw Disney Plus coming. None of us saw Net, what Netflix became in the last even 10 years. No one saw HBO Max coming. Um, so the idea of reboots, remakes, would have just been purely theatrical again at that point. Um, so that's one point to keep in mind. In terms of, of the idea, though, I mean, I'll sound like a broken record. I know I've said on this show many times for the last several years, and I've repeated it recently as this, the, you know, the news has been breaking. <laughs> th- this is what it needs. This is what it's it's I've been waiting for what I've been saying they should do for seven to eight years at least. Um, this is the perfect format. This is the way to take something that's very rich in detail. Um, sort of like. I, I don't know what HBO Max plans to do with the new Lord of the Rings projects that they're saying they're going to get into either. But what Amazon did with Rings of Power was an interesting way to go. It wasn't just making another three hour movie of something we've seen before. It's taking material whether it's it's new or rehashed and putting it in a long form format that's what these books lend themselves to perfectly for an adaptation that's what they always have that the, the, these types of fantasy novels always are going to suffer even more than regular book adaptations they're always going to suffer from the fans of they left out my favorite parts or they cut oh, yeah. these sections yeah. away, these subplots, these details, these whatevers. And I've been, I mean, Brian, you know this, I've been saying for years that I literally, I think in the literal sense that the film adaptations actually, by the time you get to book, to, to even movie three, already start suffering from a lack of cohesive storytelling and continuity because of the things that they choose to do or not do in movies three or four that were actually important so that something makes sense in movies six and seven. And there's just literal massive, massive plot holes in what they actually presented in the movies themselves. If you look at it just that way. So this is an opportunity where they can do everything. They can do it all. So just maybe refresh my memory. When the movies were being made, the series was not done yet, right? They were in the middle of, she was in the middle of finishing the book series as the movies were being made. Yes, very much. Mike, correct me on this. I, think first movie came out 2001 i think goblet of fire had come out that year maybe i think so that was like book four i'm not Um, good with years so the the last book and movie five book seven and movie five came out in 2007 okay so just like in the defense of like the continuity of the movies they might not have known in the earlier movies, what was going to be important later because the series wasn't done yet. Um, quite possibly. And that's given them the benefit of the doubt that the, the thing that I would counter with though, is just like the, the first round of the movies, JK had some involvement 
you know, some level of creative control and input as a, as a producer still in those films right, right. to the point where it was known probably from like books or from movie three on that even though two or three of the books still had not been written or released, she told Alan Rickman while they were like making the first movie what Snape's whole arc was going to be. Yeah. So she shared that information with select people for certain purposes. I I think it was just a decision of the screenwriters and the studio heads deciding to to you know make certain choices to to come up with a, a certain product along the way. And that was fine, but like I said, if you make if you make the decision early on and then you create this massive story plot hole later on like you either have to commit to what you chose before or try to retroactively address it in some way so that it makes sense and there's just yeah. many places that it that, that it doesn't yeah uh mike what do you think about this idea for having the series on hbo max i hate it um <laughs> i know i know josh is in favor of it um i don't need i can just watch the movies again and i'm happy i've read the books i'm good with what they gave me on information and I can watch the movies and be very happy with what I'm seeing all the time. Um, there's a few things about this that they are never going to recreate that magic that the movies had the first time through the books has. And Fair. there are like there's just problems. There's huge problems they're gonna have. We spent a long time with the characters and the actors portraying them in the movies already. And if there's one thing the Harry Potter series did maybe better than any other film adaptation to books that I've ever seen, it was casting. And you're there's a lot of them Good that point. have died that you're you can't get back. Um, several of the main characters have died since in the last ten years or fifteen, I guess. Um, and I, I don't. I, it's something I don't need. Like, will I watch it when it comes out to see if it's good? Yeah, I'll be curious. I'll see. Because it's Harry Potter. I'm going to check out what they're doing. Um, But, I mean, I can't think of anybody that they cast that I would recast to be somebody different. Um, Like, it, it's just, it was so good with that the first time around. It's going to be really, really hard on them um, this time through. Like, that I is a good to, point. I will absolutely give that to you. Yeah, to your point, I think you're. it's sort of hitting on a point that I want to bring up next, but I want to get Andy's input in here before we spin to that one. So, Andy, what do you think of this idea? Are you going to split the difference here and, and be just okay with this, or are you going to go one way or the other? I think inherently there's going to be a problem where this series will always be compared to the beloved movie series, and that could hinder, I think, the popularity of the show in general. Just because it's it's being you know compared to something that is is already so sort of like beloved in a lot of people's hearts. Mm. Um, that being said, I feel like there are particularly in my view, um, I would love to see the Half Blood Prince Prince fleshed out better than the movie did. I feel like the movie didn't do the book justice very well. Um, I feel like it missed a couple of really really strong points mm -hmm. that the book made that the movie just completely glossed over and didn't even really mention so um in, in that respect i would love to see like a, 
more of the world building that the books do that the movies sort of like josh said had to gloss over just because they had to get that that product out you know yeah so i'd say i'm 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 squarely in the middle like i feel like it's gonna have growing pains um but i'm excited to see it and okay it, like the other point that comes to mind for me where I get negative about it is just make something new. Can we be <laughs> creative with our entertainment a little bit and just make new content instead of the constant reboots and remakes? So that's um, a whole separate discussion well, because everything well, that's yeah, new, everything on the any, streaming services, especially anything that comes out new, if you don't watch it in a month, it's gone. It's gone. It's going to get canceled, and they're going to now. There's so much content out there that I understand know. people don't get to the right stuff in the in that quick amount of time, but no one gives these new things a chance to find an audience. So everyone's going back to playing it safe on IP that everybody knows and recognizes and that makes money. And you well, would even, hope that this money would fund new stuff, well, but you know, I'm I'm okay with it being in Harry Potter's universe in that wizarding world. Just tell a different story in it. Fair. I don't need the same exact Harry Potter story that we've read and seen on film Just... well look at look at willow i mean they tried to do that and we're never going to oh, get another no. season of that. fucking pissed about that so not to get too sidetracked one thing i did read about that is that john kasdan the the writer creator of that willow series basically came out and said it's not canceled they had to put headlines out that it's canceled because i guess if they weren't going into production within a year they had to let the cast go for other projects but Disney hasn't come out outright to him and said this show is canceled. So as far as he knows, he might still be trying to work behind the scenes on getting a next season together. But as of right now, nothing okay. is in active production, so it's not happening soon. So there's jo a little Josh, bit of fine print there that gives me a glimmer of hope that I hope it's going to happen. But for right now, yeah, nothing, nothing for Willow. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. Um, Josh, did you have something to add? So I, I'll, I'll kind of find the medium ground with uh, some thoughts that were already shared. Um, I, I think to Andy's point, what I, what I, maybe, maybe a part of what I was trying to say is, is I, I see this as an opportunity to correct, um, certain things that were like the ball was dropped on yeah. in, in the film series. Like here's an, here's another shot to do some fun things. For instance, not really huge spoilers, Brian, you'll probably forget this by the time our conversation is done. <laughs> he brought up Half-Blood Prince. I absolutely agree. I think that's one of the, uh, well, I think Order of the Phoenix is the worst adapted book, but Half-Blood Prince is surprisingly one of my favorite, I think it's one of the best made movies in the series, but he's right. There is a ton of like really important meat that they gloss over, but there's also a lot of fun stuff. For instance, uh, Brian, if you could have had like a mini Battle of Hogwarts in that movie, would you have taken it? Yeah, because it exists and <laughs> yeah, they the, wrote it out entirely. Yeah, th there was a so, whole battle for them to like get out after like. Yeah, to, like it wasn't to, to it wasn't escape. just Harry and Dumbledore showing back up and the Death Eaters are there like the, the, the half of the. Like Dumbledore's army was involved, shit got blown up. Like it, yeah. There was even they, like a uh, whole battle at, at Hagrid's cabin in that that is yeah. really really important toward the end, where like Hagrid has his umbrella and is firing off with it. And yeah, that would have been badass. Like after all that time, like give Robbie Coltrane like a couple of moments to do some things. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, I, I see it as, as an opportunity to, to correct the past, but, but also to Mike's point, this is something else I was going to share. What I would love them to do is take that opportunity to do, to do side stories, do world building. For instance, I, so if you, if you have one, I mean, let's be honest. So, so each year is going to be say eight to 10 episodes. That's going to come out over two to two and a half months worth of time. You have seven to eight, I'm sorry, nine to 10 more months of emptiness of that IP until the next year comes out. So double production. You have one season of the books going and you have a completely different, like almost uh, uh, ad hoc uh, side project that you're doing. And you can complement them in some ways. For instance... The one one thing that I definitely think they could do is uh, so let's say Prisoner of Azkaban airs in year three, so in between years three and four, write a mini series about the Marauders as kids at school. You have past stories to tell. You have world building. After the first movie, they could do what was what was it like uh, for the Order of the Phoenix during the first Wizarding War. You can have these complementary things that serve both purposes. It fills time in between. You know, you release those things six months apart. It, it keeps you satiated and, and ready and appetite, uh, you know, salivating for the, the next piece of it to come out. I, I think there's ways to uh, satisfy both sides. Do you think like the, the Fantastic Beasts uh, movies have made them a little bit gun shy of veering off from just Harry Potter related things? Like they've tried other stuff in the Wizarding World, right? And then Fantastic Beats is kind of Fantastic. I mean, Beats, just that, it, right? But it's kind of stuttering out. So, would they take another risk on another Wizarding World property, or would they say, "Well, that one didn't do well, so let's just stick to what we know"? They they probably That's because they, they probably didn't would. do it well. <laughs> well, right? Fair, but they're not going to admit that hey, we fucked those movies up, or we didn't you know make them well enough, or didn't promote them well enough, or you know whatever the case may be. They're just going to say that was a lost money opportunity. They started out good. Yeah. Um, so as as being uh, the, uh probably the, really the only one on this podcast who hasn't read the books, uh, and I'm you know maybe not as married to it as you guys are, but the one question for me that was sort of sticking with me that I really want to see how you guys think, and it goes back to sort of what like Mike was talking about with the casting and stuff like that. That how much can you sort of change here? Because if it's a reboot or reimagining, whatever you want to call it. I was thinking more like the cast, I guess, is included in this, but I'm thinking more like designs and aesthetics and the tone of what they did in the movie, right? If this mm. is meant to be a reboot, that means someone gives the has the chance to change that stuff. Like, if they go to Hogwarts, it could look and feel completely different than what it did in the movies. But the Hogwarts we've seen in the movies is so ingrained in people's minds that if you change that, are they going to say, well, this isn't the Harry Potter that I know, and they're not going to like it? Or are people going to be more open to that design change? Like, to me, it's almost like someone saying, hey, we're going to make another Star Wars and we're going to reboot it and change some of the design. And to me, I'm going to be like, no, that is the way it should be. And you don't touch it. So I don't that know if you guys are. That is not how a Star <laughs> Yeah. I, I felt the same way when they, they brought up um, wanting to reboot Jaws, like remake Jaws. Oh, yeah. And that 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 was one of those ones like it it shows that they don't necessarily know what they're doing all the time with these reboots cuz their first 
it, it got canned like immediately. They went out and they asked Tracy Morgan to be Quint. And as soon as somebody heard about that at a higher level, they were like, shut this shit down. And it got <laughs> like, as soon as like there was rumors of Tracy Morgan as Quint, they were like, no, you're not doing this. Like, it, yeah, just leave the movie alone. So I don't know, maybe Josh, since you were the one that was, that was mm-hmm. really into this, how do you feel about like, if they, I understand from a story standpoint, I am totally down with more continuity and giving us more backstory yeah. and filling in the story that much. I support changing how these, this series will look and feel to me. Yeah. Or are they just going to say, fuck it and say, well, this worked. Let's just use the same thing. And you know, no one's going to care. I mean, Tracy Morgan uh, is Dumbledore. How does it do? <laughs> <laughs> All of them teachers going to be pregnant. <laughs> Even Snape. Um, that, that is a fair question and one that I, I guess I hadn't occurred, had not occurred to me as deeply. Although I will say that little teaser that you shot to us um, just before we started, I was finishing up dinner and I saw it come through and I, uh, Sarah and I watched it together. And her first comment was, oh, they're just keeping the same music. Yeah. Because that they, they was, used so the I don't iconic know if that's John the... Williams theme as the promo 22 years after the first movie came out. So, so maybe that answers perfect. my own question that they're just going right. to say, fuck so it. Yeah, and case, we're just going to use the stuff that's point, already established. Do you have to, do you, do you, do you have to literally rewrite and reprogram everybody in, well, in those ways? Um, I, I, I don't know. I got, it hadn't occurred to me as, as strongly. I, I, my, if they drastically veer, would it be a deal breaker for you? Would you, or would you be a little bit accepting to that? I, I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely going to be open to it. Okay, right. You know, I'll see how it's sort of like Andy. Like I'll see how it goes once they start putting product in front of me. Yeah. Um, but the idea of it po- probably having to change and going through someone else's creative lens altogether is not anywhere near a strong enough reason for me to say nope, they shouldn't do this at all. Right. Okay. Mike, did you have something to add? I thought I was just going to say that, um, you know, like the story issues and things like that, maybe here or there, the soundtrack, the casting, and the environments they created were perfect. And I, I like, I feel like it's really tough to replace any of that. Like, if they change Hogwarts, man, it was so well done the first time. Right. I, I don't know. Just like the music, like that is the Harry Potter music, just like the Star Wars theme. You're always going to have those same notes that ring through. Now, do they mix it up in some way, create some new stuff, or just reuse the eight movies worth of old of music that they have? Who knows? I'm fine with that. I like. I will not be upset if they reuse assets that were already perfect in the first place. Right. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm agreeing with you there, and that like I said, maybe just from that 45 second teaser they put out, that maybe that's the answer. Like I don't know if it's just because, hey, we haven't designed Hogwarts yet, or hey, we haven't thought of a theme yet, so let's just reuse what's there to pull people in, and then we'll worry about it later. But I think just from that, they've already set the bar that now people are going to expect that. So I think it'll be even more drastic if they change something now after the fact, going into the series that it's it's I don't know, it could just be. it's sort of like blindside and people just you're just like expecting one thing and you get something else and you're like wait this isn't my Harry Potter like I I don't know how that will it's, go um Andy how do you feel about the, the possible design choices it's, or it's definitely like a um a very fine line I feel like they need to change it so that it's different 
because it is a, like it is a reboot, right? Right. But they can't change it enough where it's off-putting. So they yeah. have to sort of they have to do this like balancing act where they have to make it enough where the changes you're like, well, that's a little bit different. I like that instead yeah. of like, wow, that's really different. I don't like that. You know, like there's there's that line where I think they're they're gonna have to try to balance. And I was trying to think of something comparable to be like, hey, this is what could happen, or this is what it could do. And like, I couldn't like, think of anything off the top I, of my head. I, I like have the, it... cast, the castle might be slightly different, where you're like, wow, that's a really cool like redesign of the castle, but it still has the air of like mystery and magic to it. Right. You know, like you have to keep some of the things. I mean, Josh's point about like the Amazon Lord of the Rings series kind of works. I mean, like the design aesthetic kind of changes. It's not supposed to really jive like i guess continuity wise with like the peter jackson films or anything it's still carving its own path and designed a little bit differently but it also takes place in a different era so i think you can get away with that a little bit more you're not retelling the lord of the rings now from the movies as a show and changing design aspects so i think there's that kind of gets away with it a little bit more but i don't know i I can't think of any like rebooted shows that have drastically changed something design wise or casting that i was like what no that's not how you do it I think they can do it really easily story-wise. Um, and HBO Max, if you want to hire me, I will not uh, take the offer. <laughs> um, but so if they want to make it fresh and want to get me interested in watching it, as somebody that's a big fan of the movies and all that, you want to have me interested to see what you're going to bring forward. Tell the same story from somebody else's perspective. Make Harry not the main character. Yeah, I mean, he's still doing all this stuff, but let's tell it from Hermione's standpoint or Malfoy's standpoint or somebody else, Dumbledore, whoever you choose to have be your main focus of the show. Mm. Change it. Have it not be Harry. Mm. Have all the same stuff go on and have, you know, still tell that story, but, Uh. you know, focus on, I, I guess Dumbledore's, Dumbledore, Ron, Hermione are really the only real options there. I don't think they'd tell it from Malfoy's standpoint, but maybe. It would be interesting to get that. My only argument to that is the books are sort of written through Harry's perspective. Yeah, I know. But I mean we've seen the movies. That's what I that's what I was saying. Like we've we've gotten live action from Harry's point of view. And I was just thinking like maybe a unique take on it, as opposed to just retelling the books. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. But I doubt they'll do that. This is just, I mean, it's going to be, in my personal prediction is vanilla, boring, disappointing. Um, Warner Brothers mismanaged property, par for the course. Yeah. For I guess, today, well, anyways. You know, worth it. Yeah, worth the, worth the wait and see. So we'll have to see where this goes. It'll be interesting to see the budget they sink into it. I feel like they're going to have to put some money behind it. Because cause Lord of the Rings had from Amazon had some astronomical number. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't Rings think it's going to be that much, nuts. but I think I think Warner Brothers knows that the, you know, they're to Mike's point, all the all the new stuff that they were trying to create has now sort of been canned or like cut off from this streaming service because now they're they're trying to save money everywhere, so they're cutting all the stuff that's new and different and and hits different voices and demographics and now they're just doubling down on established IP which Harry Potter is. So they're going to, I'm sure going to double down and invest a bunch of money into this to try to make it good. 
and I'm still not 100%. Like, I feel like movies, are, like, I understand, like, if a movie makes a certain amount over what its budget was. But, like, shows still, like, puzzle my mind, like, how you can sync, like, let's say they spend, like, $50 million on the first season. How do you know if it's a success or not? There's There's not really any, like, ticket sales numbers to say, like, it did good or, like, it did right. bad. Yeah, I don't know if they judge it on like new subscribers for the series or for the. Well, if for it's the... like Nielsen TV ratings or some kind of shit like yeah. that, I have no idea. I, I would assume it's based on their their view of success is probably based on how much it gets watched. How much is it getting people to get our service? How much is it getting people to use our service and keep our service? So they're just going to look at the number of views it gets, just the way like YouTube does. But because they're not advertised, they're paying. You know, you're paying for the service. Um, I, I think that's just they're they're able to see how many times things have been watched, and judge the success based on that. And I think I think all these I don't know uh, the math the, the, though. The all, all, the entire streaming business model has always been murky since it started really investing in this because right unless unless you have a new subscriber who watches that thing very quickly after signing up how in the world do you know what even someone who watches it what that contributed to their decision to either sign up or like i'm i'm probably going to keep hbo max even if they never did this so how are they going to know that there's any contributing factor to that now that said i think and we, we we ask this question a lot of things sometimes this is, I think, one of the few that you could probably predict if, if, if there was a way to reliably gather the data. And I'm not saying there is, but if there was, that this is the kind of thing that when it goes on, if people, if there's a certain population that doesn't have HBO by that point, this is the kind of serious thing that would potentially legitimately bring a good chunk of new people. There's not yeah. many things that I would say that about and I don't even know if Disney Plus would have done it right away had they not been able... Like, if they didn't have, like, The Mandalorian as the flagship, I don't know. Like, I we might have held off until we knew that, like, Marvel shows were coming or something. Um, like, th- there's very little that I think could actually have this kind of pull in, in a real sense. Like, there's no, like, random original movie that a service is doing or like one series that I've, I've really heard of in a couple of years that I think could do that. But when, whenever this, this goes to launch, you know, people who are just curious about it and who love this stuff or and just want to see it, that actually could bring some, some butts to the seats. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're back to the <clears throat> wait and see a couple of years and what happens and <laughs> whenever this finally comes out or, you know, once we start hearing casting or, or, at the very least get some sort of trailer just to kind of get a a sense of what this looks like and feels like. I think that'll help us maybe make a little bit more decision how we think this is going to hit. And Um, you can be sure that I will make sure uh, that this is well, any, any news or updates about (laughs) this project is well disseminated on, on uh, the show's platforms. So you will not miss a piece (laughs) of it. Josh's radar is on tap for this one. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's been activated. (laughs) All right, uh, so let's spin off to some Star Wars stuff. So we had some 
news that came out of Star Wars Celebration. I know Josh is thrilled about all this stuff we're going to talk about now. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Star Wars. I love it. Yeah, I knew it. Uh, so I'm going to try to bullet point a lot of this stuff. There's some stuff I think we can dig into, and I think the the biggest story or, or announcements we'll get to at the end. Uh, so I will try to quickly sort of bullet point some of the stuff. Um, we can talk quickly about some of the stuff if, if anything speaks anybody's interest here. Um, so some of the stuff we got, uh, the first day for the uh, con for Celebration was the Lucasfilm panel. That was the big one to open the show. Um, they tried to hit on a bunch of stuff all at once, so some stuff had some notes to it. Other stuff is just like, hey, this is happening, and here's something else for it. So I know they opened with uh, talking about Season 2 of Andor. Um, nothing specific that came out of the panel. I know there was a teaser trailer shown, but that was just for the people in the room. Um, for anybody unfamiliar, they did reiterate, Andor is only two seasons. So this is the back half of the series that they're working on now, and it's supposed to, I believe, when it ends, run right into Rogue One. So we have just whatever they give us this second season and that's it. So I was really happy with season one. So I'm really excited to see what they do with season two. Um, the acolyte was the next up, which is Leslie Headland's series that takes place during the high Republic, which is a new era of star Wars that I have yet to really dive into. I need to, um, a few notes that came out of that one. Um, Johannes, uh, Soto, I'm going to butcher his name. So Soto Mayo, Soto, how do you say the dude that plays uh, Chewie? Johannes so Sotomo? Sotomo? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a difficult name to say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's the guy that plays Chewie in the sequel trilogy, and he played him in Solo. Um, he will be in the Acolyte, but he will be playing another Wookiee character that is a Jedi Master. So he gets to wield a lightsaber in the show, which would be really fucking cool. Um, and I also may not have known this before until they started promoting some of the cast, but Daphne Keene is part of this show, who played Laura in Logan which I thought was pretty cool, which she looks completely different because, you know, Logan was how many years ago when she was very young and now she's like grown up and taller and stuff. So I didn't recognize she, her at first. Was, was she the one that he had to protect? Yes. Yeah, okay. she was actually The little girl that was in Logan, yeah. Um, during the panel, they did show a teaser trailer for this, which again is not officially online. It was shown for the people in the room. So it might be out there if you look for leaks. I'm not going to talk about it unless it's officially on the Star Wars YouTube page or something. So we won't cover that one. Uh, there's no solid release date for this one other than 2024. So it's coming sometime next year, which I'm I'm very excited to see something in that era because I'm that's an era that really fascinates me that I really need to start reading some of the books for. Um, but yeah, I want to see I want to see what that looks like. Uh, next, they talked about season three of The Mandalorian, but nothing special really there hey here's mandalorian season three it's happening we all knew that um i think they got i don't know if they got a tease for the next season or not i think they were shown and now i don't remember if it was at if they had a panel specifically for the mandalorian that maybe they did but i think they showed them like the first seven or eight minutes of this week's episode of the mandalorian which came out today at the day we're recording this so that's kind of old news at this point yeah um next thing they talked about was skeleton crew uh, which is the show that John Watts is in charge of. He was the guy that directed the three Spider-Man movies for Marvel and so Sony. Um, it came out in the panel. He suggested this idea to John Favreau while they were shooting Far From Home. And now it's happening, and now John Watts is in control. Um, you know, he didn't want to direct Fantastic Four because of it, so I'm still a little bit bitter about that. But uh, I'm excited to see what they do with this show. I think this is this is the one that's being hyped up as the Amblin Entertainment-style uh not for kids, but with kids. Like, it's the kids on the run with, uh, I think, Jude Law sort of overseeing them, uh, which seems like it should be pretty cool. We did get a director lineup 
for this series. So John Watts is obviously coming in to direct an episode or two. I don't know if they had how many episodes each of these guys are directing, but they're listed on the director list. Um, John Watts is there. David Lowry, who I'm not familiar with, but I think IMDb was telling me he directed The Green Knight. Ooh, I love that movie. Uh, Jake Schreier is listed as a director who most recently directed the for the TV series Beef on Netflix, which I think just came out. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung is listed as a director. He directed some of the episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is listed as a director. Uh, and one that surprised me that I'm really interested to see what they do, the Daniels are directing for this series as well. Those are the guys that did everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. So I want to see what their episode could look like. Uh, again, people in attendance for the pa- for the panel got a trailer. The rest of us have not. Uh, so we'll see whenever they finally release a trailer officially for that one. This series comes out later this year. They didn't give a date, just 2023. Uh, The next big one they talked about was the Ahsoka show, uh, which I think had some bigger reveals, mainly because we got a trailer. Um, And we we, we sort of joked about this before we started recording. Andy has not caught up to Star Wars Rebels. He was sort of fell off halfway through after season two. There's four seasons of the show. And the more I'm seeing about Ahsoka... It seems very apparent that if you would like to watch Ahsoka, I must direct you to watch Star Wars Rebels because this seems like a, a very good continuation of that series. Um, I know Josh and I sort of talked. We haven't. I know Josh hasn't watched any of it either, so I don't know if I can, you know, give you that little nudge to try to get there through that series before Ahsoka starts. But we'll see uh, if Josh, if you get into the series without watching Rebels, if you're if you're lost for anything that's going on, or if you need some backstory, we can try to fill you in. I mean, I guess I'll say, you know, once it once it launches, which they still haven't given an official date, right? It's still just August. Something. Yeah, all we heard is August. August. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see how bad it is after like three episodes. And if it seems like they're really leaning on prior knowledge for you to understand anything. Yeah. Then maybe it'll break me at that point. Yeah, I think it's more just kind of like getting a little bit familiar with some of the characters and kind of understanding where they're coming from at the start of the series. I think the, the backstory there would be worth it, but... Um, that's just coming from someone who's biased and absolutely loves Rebels. So I'm going to push that on anybody that wants to try to give it a shot. Uh, and more more fuel for your fire, Josh. The Your your girl crush, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is uh, on the cast for this one. And she is playing Harrison Dula, which is a very important Rebels character. So I, I, I saw the casting. I don't Since I don't know anything about the character, her being that specifically doesn't mean anything. But... Right. I'm always happy for her to be around. Yeah, so that should be cool. Um, she plays a Twilic, which will be yeah. interesting. She yeah. gets to have Leku. Yep. Yeah. And Josh is just shaking his head like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, it's like, is that a weird I, word for sex? <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw she's she's green, that, and I'm still kind of like on my Gamora It's the, it's the so head tails, Josh. The, the Leku are the head yeah. tails. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get uh, the the trailer teased Grand Admiral Thrawn for the series. Now we got later they had an Ahsoka specific panel where they confirmed Lars Mikkelsen is coming back to play him in live action. He's the same guy that voiced Grand Admiral Thrawn in the animated series of Rebels. So that's really cool when they start bringing people back like that. Um, and it, Mike, I'm hoping you got as giddy as I did. It, there's one part in the trailer that just left me with this really big giddy little smile on it, and that was when. Ahsoka mentions Thrawn as being the next heir to the Empire, which is a callback to the title of the book where Thrawn was first introduced back in 1995. And I fucking love that they put it in the show. Like, that to me is like, 
Filoni knows what the hell he's doing, and he knew he'd get a reaction out of the extended universe people that that like all that legacy stuff. So I I appreciate that kind of stuff. It I, I love hearing it. I just part of me hopes that they don't try to retell that because they already changed so much about that that I I don't want them to like I I like them saying it, but because of like his second set of Thrawn books when he had to redo Thrawn's story. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want them to, because it was the same guy. It's Timothy Zahn right. wrote both Thrawn trilogies. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want them to go down that road or not. Yeah. So I, I'm, it, I'm on the fact, like I'm excited to hear them mention it, but I'm also yeah, nervous it was like that, because that, that story in the in the old legacy canon or whatever you want to call it, the the heir to the empire book in that Thrawn trilogy was very much centered around Luke Han and Luke Han and Leia. So if this ends up just being something that they sort of twist into the Mandalorian world, I don't know how I'm gonna feel. Like what you well, know, is that, that still gonna work for me? It, or I it's been a long time, so forgive me. But wasn't that the book that introduced Mara too? Yes, yes, yeah. So one of my favorite expanded universe characters, Mara Jade, was in that one. That I'll be okay with. If they're yes. hiding Mara somewhere to reveal for this series and have that be, you know, a lightsaber-wielding antagonist for Ahsoka. Yeah. Because oh, they're going to need that. If Mara Jade shows up. Yeah. That would be A-okay. So maybe, maybe I'm hoping for that more yeah. than those Threads of Thrawn story. But we'll see. There, there's a lot of possibilities. Right. Um... All right, the other thing they, they talked about for the uh, Ahsoka stuff, we got a list of directors for this series as well. So Dave Filoni, obviously, is going to come in and direct some episodes. Uh, Rick Famayua is going to direct some episodes, who is, I think, the one that's tying off this season of Mandalorian. I think he directed the last two of season three of the Mandalorian. So those are the next two, right? Yes, like tonight's, tonight's episode and the last one. There's one yeah. more after this one, I think. Yeah, I, I haven't watched this one that came out today okay. yet. So, yeah, the last two. Um. Peter Ramsey is listed as a director. Uh, he directed Rise of the Guardians, which was the animated one with Jack Frost. And he, I think, either co-directed or directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So that oh, should be nice. cool. Um, Steph Green is listed as a director who had some episodes of the Watchmen TV series, Book of Boba Fett, Luke Cage. Uh, okay. So we'll see what they do. Uh, Jennifer Watch, Watchmen was really good. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Getzinger. Is another director. She directed an episode or two of Westworld, Jessica Jones, Daredevil. Um, okay. And the last one they had listed is uh, Gita, Gita Patel, who directed an episode of House of the Dragon, a couple episodes of Superstore, and a couple episodes of Dead to Me on Netflix. Okay. So we'll see what they do. Um, some other bullet point highlights that came out of this the celebration. Uh, Tales of the Jedi is getting a second season which was the animated sort of like Clone Wars successor of like the 15-minute episodes. Uh, season 1 centered on Count Dooku and Ahsoka, so we'll see if Season 2 centers on any specific characters or if we're just going to get a roundabout Clone Wars stuff out of there. Um, the Bad Batch will get a third and final season in 2024, which Season 2 just wrapped up, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, actually. Yeah, I got to catch up on that one. Um, Star Wars Visions... Gets a season two. Uh, they got a trailer for this one. Uh, and this uh, next batch of episodes for season two will premiere on May the 4th. So we're only a couple weeks away from seeing what they have there. I'm 
I made a list of the. What's that? I was. Gonna, can I get your opinion on something from that? Trailer? Sure, sure, sure. Is that Darth Malgus? I like, don't know. Like, is it, it an interpretation similar? of Malgus? Yeah. Because these are interpretive visions. It's very interpretive. Yeah. So I could see I don't that. Know. Like even even season one didn't really pull any like established Star Wars. Excuse me, characters. It was all just kind of. I think they were all original stories and characters, right? I don't remember them reusing any established Star Wars people. I don't Unless, think so. I mean, it could change for season two, but I don't remember if they did that for season one or not. Yeah, I, I, I don't recall that they did. I don't think they did. So I'm willing to uh, bet it's not and just looks similar, but I don't know for sure. It's really similar. It is. It is very close. Yeah. Um, They did list a list of the, uh, the studios that are working on the episodes. I'm not going to name them all because I think some of these names I'm probably going to butcher. Is one of them the studio that does Wallace and Gromit? Because part of that looked like Wallace and Gromit. Do you know what the studio is called? I'll go through the list. We'll see if it... I'll, I'll just I, I end up butchering know. some of these names. I just... Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll run down the list. It's uh, one studio is El Giri. G-U-I-R-I. Uh, one studio is Cartoon Saloon. Another one is Punk Robot. Ardman, I think, might be the Wallace and Gromit studio. Uh, there's Studio Mir. Studio Lakatchet, uh, 88 Pictures, uh, D-Art, Shatso, and Triggerfish are the, the names of the studios that I had seen. Ardman. A-A-R-D-M-A-N yes. is okay. the you one are, that Yes, they are listed in the list. Yes, that is the Wallace and Gromit people. Yep. So we're going to get a claymation episode? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Which looks like it has a sense of, sense of no. humor based on the trailer, so that should be fun. There was not in the first one. Yeah, correct. The first one was mostly, I mean, it was all animated, but I, I don't remember any that were like stop motion or anything like that. They were all mostly just drawn. Yeah. Okay. Or, um, but yeah, they, it is. It, I immediately saw it. I was like, holy shit, that looks like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. In my mind, like the first season of Visions um, is like the Animatrix where like each each thing tells a different story and has a different style to it. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're all yes. little contained stories. I'm excited about that. I like the Animatrix. So. Yeah. Um, and my the, the other thing of note to me, my I, maybe my favorite part of that whole trailer is the little Wookiee baby ripping the arms off the stuffed toy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that existed, but now I need to see it. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch the trailer for that moment. It's amazing. Um, based on the stuff that I sort of just ran through quickly, uh, is there anything you guys want to touch on? Anything you want to add to the last I, thing I have is just the, uh, the movies that they announced, which I think is going to give us some time here to talk about. I am most excited about the acolyte, um, personally, because it's just like Ahsoka, obviously I'm really excited to see all that stuff, but the acolytes exploring something unexplored. Yeah. You know, there's stories out there of the high Republic, which I'm, I need to, I, I have the first book and I have not yet read it. It's one of those ones that's like sitting there waiting to be read. It's next on the queue, but I'm trying to finish a book before it. Um, <laughs> but it's exploring a new era for Star Wars, and they're taking live action into a place they've never gone before with live action, and that is yeah. out of the Skywalker saga. So that yeah. is why I'm very excited to see that. I get agree. us out and get some new stories going gets me excited. Yeah, Acolyte's definitely high on my list. Um, Andy, anything stick out to you out of the stuff we talked about? I'm I'm very excited about Ahsoka. I I I freaking love Rosaria Dawson. I think she's she's an excellent actress, and she 
performed that character well in the Mandalorian episodes that she did get. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm pretty excited about that. And I will be watching Rebels again just to sort of catch up before that starts. So I'm also very excited about that because it's been long overdue. So Yeah, I've watched it a couple times and I am definitely trying to plan a, a, a rewatch to get through all that before Ahsoka starts. I think it's going to be well worth it. And Andy, I, I know we've mentioned this before because I know we've talked on this show numerous times that you have not finished Rebels. But if you ever want to like do a piecemeal like, hey, I finished season three, let's talk about it. We'll, we'll totally do that for the show. Oh, nice. Um, Josh, anything that we talked about sort of sound interesting to you at all? Um, I would add, you mentioned um, Daphne Keene's involvement in one of the projects. Uh, which one Acolyte. was that? Acolyte. The Acolyte. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she also, I mean, you mentioned obviously yeah, she, w- she was X-23 and Logan, but um, she then went on to play the main character in HBO's adaptation of uh the golden compass oh okay. uh, well his dark his dark materials okay that yeah. that series um so i watched that over the last couple of years um and really enjoyed her in it uh she did she did a great job so it's uh fun to watch her continue into like additional like fantasy sci-fi ip yeah yeah um yeah i'm i'm always a rosario fan give 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 me all of it literally <laughs> and figuratively uh so uh, it, it, an entire series based on on this character that's great um again i mean i'm i'm coming from the place just like the other project we talked about where i don't uh just with rebels in general that i i, I don't have any ahsoka background other than what people tell me and yeah. what i saw in the mandalorian and and you know people just share their view of the character and whatnot um so to just get more time with with her and sort of under, you know, understand in a live action sense. Okay, why is she so special? Why? Wh- what are they going to show us? You know, wow me, right? Disney, you know, really, really, <laughs> really impress me. Um, I guess yeah, I'm look- kind of looking forward to those. So, um, any of the animated stuff, I'll probably skip again. Um, Fair. Just okay. there's a lot there. there um, the, the Disney's Star Wars output since the launch of Disney Plus, especially, has been uh a lot yeah you know let alone with all of the 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 back catalog animation of those two shows that they had so uh probably the live action stuff i'll try to keep up on and we'll just see how it goes all right uh and you know open invitation to you too if you decide to go through rebels and you want to get on the show and talk about what you've seen so far we could we could totally rope you in with andy and figure some out good to know thank you uh all right so the big announcement that i think came out of star wars celebration so this was at the, I think this might have been the Lucasfilm panel or no, it may, I can't remember if it was Lucasfilm panel or came at a different panel. Either way, uh, Kathleen Kennedy came on stage and talked about the future of Star Wars movies. So they listed a timeline and said that the movies that they're trying to make will span through all of the listed eras. So the eras they gave us are the Old Republic, uh, the High Republic, which is where Acolyte's going to come fall in, the Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, the New Republic, and then the rise of the First Order. Now, I was expecting to get some sort of update on Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie or Ryan Johnson's long gestating trilogy that they've talked about that still hasn't... I'm hoping not dead. They still bring it up that it's still being worked on, so I'm hoping that's a good sign. Um, Kennedy uh, confirmed to Variety that Taika is still writing his movie. So it's, it's still happening. He doesn't have any other writers coming in. He's doing it himself, so I think it's just one of those things that takes a little bit more time. 
Uh, Ryan Johnson is still moving on to another Knives Out sequel, so it's just a matter of scheduling for him. Uh, she said that her and him continue to talk about the the idea for the movie and sort of what they would like to try to do. It's just a matter of scheduling and trying to get all that worked out. So we're still probably years away from anything Ryan Johnson's going to do just because Knives Out will probably take some more time. Uh, but I am still very much looking for that. Um, in the meantime, we did get treated to three completely new movies that I had really no inkling were going to happen. Um, the first one that takes place, I guess, really earlier in the timeline, even before the Old Republic time that Kathleen Kennedy mentioned, uh, James Mangold is coming in to direct a Star Wars movie, which will be about the dawn of the Jedi. So this will be the earliest indication of the Jedi, which yeah, they said I think like Mangold the first kind of, Jedi is the way that yeah, they phrased it. Kind of the, like how the first Jedi sort of discovered the Force and how they started to work with it and what does this mean and that, that kind of thing. So that could be really interesting to see. Uh, the one that's going to take place sort of in the middle of the timeline uh, and will tie into the series that we're currently seeing on Disney+, Plus. Dave Filoni is finally going to direct a feature film of Star Wars, which will take place in the New Republic era. It is said to be the culmination of the events of The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and some of the other, if they do any other Disney Plus live action shows. Um, yeah. So really, I guess my interpretation is this is going to end up being some sort of Avenger-style merging of all these series into a tie-off movie. Which really makes me start to wonder if we're going to get just one more season of The Mandalorian. Or if they're going to try to fit maybe two more or something in before this movie takes place. We don't really know when these movies are coming out. So it's hard to judge how much they can get in before this movie would effectively tie all that stuff off. Um, but we, there might be an end date in sight for some of that stuff. and. Sort of going back, Mike, to what you mentioned earlier, if if they're building up Thrawn to be this big thing, I would not be surprised if they call this movie Heir to the Empire. I know you're not going to like the title. You just sort of mentioned that earlier, but I wouldn't. that would not surprise me if it goes that direction. Okay. Uh, the last one we got is uh, directed by Charmaine o Obeyed Chinoy, which I'm not real familiar with her stuff, but she did direct two episodes of Miss Marvel for Disney+. Plus. Uh, she will be directing a movie that is set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker and brings back Daisy Ridley as Rey as she tries to establish a new Jedi Order. This movie, I had no idea was going to happen, and I'm fucking pumped for it. Like, I really wanted them to do something else with Rey just because of the sour taste that the rise of Skywalker left in my mouth. I think she's a cool character, and I think she deserves to see some cool stuff happen. But I swear to God, if they put Finn in this fucking Jedi Academy, I'm going to riot because he has no business being there. I don't care how fucking force sensitive he is. That's fucking bullshit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think out of, out of all three, like Filoni wow. makes sense to me. I'm, I'm totally excited to see what he does. James Mangold being in Star Wars, I think is also really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, that's where I kind of stand. Uh, Andy, which one of these three sort of stand out to you? I think. I share the same viewpoint with you as, as like the rise of Skywalker. I, I enjoyed the movie, but out of the three newer star Wars movies, it was the low point. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see uh, what they can do with Daisy Ridley's Ray character. Um, I think you said it was like 15 years, 15 since, years after. Yes. 15 years after. So that'll be really interesting. Um, I'm not so sure about the uh, Dave Filoni thing. I just I, I feel like it, it might feel a, too, a little too Avengery, mm -hmm. you know, or even like 
like a made for TV movie because it's taking like TV characters and, and right, right. into a movie. So I, I'm Dave Filoni's awesome and Star Wars is awesome. So it's probably going to be really awesome, but <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say that that would be my favorite thing to go. And James Mangold, is he the one that directed Logan? Uh, yeah. And he's doing the next Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. I'm super pumped for that one. That should be really freaking cool. And it, um, uh, Correct me if I'm not mistaken or or just like my hypothesis here, but if if it's the first Jedi, could we possibly see, you know, the other side of that yin and yang and like the first Sith as well? It would not surprise me. Yeah, I mean, they could play a little take maybe on the Revan story and something along the lines of somebody discovering the force is also discovering both sides of it. Right. So, so that, that that could be cool. That could be really, really cool. And and the way he tells a story through video is, is he's special at it. So I'm I'm excited about that. Nice, Mike. What uh what stands out to you about these three? Um, the biggest thing that stands out to me among these three movies is that there was one director that they didn't choose that they should have over either of the other two, except. Filoni. Filoni getting a movie, that's great. The Star Wars universe has wanted that forever, basically. So that's great. My biggest question is, why is Bryce Dallas Howard still not getting a movie (laughs) after all the damn work she's done? Like, other than Filoni, she handles Star Wars content better than anybody else that I've watched. She's probably too busy acting. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know if she's acted anything recently. She's directed a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, she's been directing, like, even this season. I think she had two episodes in Mandalorian, and they were both awesome. Um, So that was my biggest issue with them announcing more movies, is not Bryce Dallas Howard yet. Um, But having said that, obviously the Filoni thing, getting to see him make a full movie, I'm there for it. The idea of the first Jedi... I'm a hundred percent there for that. Yeah. Um, and I, I will conditionally say the third one you have there about Ray. I'm not excited for that at all. <laughs> um, and here's it, potentially I'm excited for it. One, let JJ Abrams nowhere near that film <laughs> at all. Keep him away. No touching. And, retcon about 90% of what he did in Rise of Skywalker. Um, she's not a Palpatine. She's it, like, get, do what, redo a lot of the stuff that he did and do what he did to Ryan Johnson, to him. Yeah, just ignore and, all of the stuff that's in that movie. <laughs> yeah, and then tell Ray's story picking up from uh, The Last <laughs> Jedi. And then I'm there for that movie. As yeah. is, I feel like they're somewhat hamstrung by how screwed up they made The Rise of Skywalker. Which puts me in a weird spot because I like the idea of restarting the Jedi Academy, but my fear, I have one big fear for it, and I don't want to see it. Um, My fear is that her student is going to be Grogu, and I don't want to see that. (laughs) I want him to be a Mandalorian. I want him to be, like, truly dedicate himself to that and just be a Force-sensitive Mandalorian that's out in the universe Instead of, well, he's that Yoda thing, so he's got to go be a Jedi. Right. I don't want them to go that route, and I'm afraid that's where they're going to go, and it'll piss me off just because yeah. I hate it. I want him to be a Mandalorian. It should be pointed out, too, the, the director for the, the Ray movie is a uh, female director, which I think is the first female director we're going to get for a Star Wars movie, which is really cool. Could have been Bryce cool. Dallas Howard. 
Fair, Patty, Patty Jenkins was supposed to, right? She was supposed to, yeah, but that is, that got I don't know, canned, I guess right? seemingly scrapped. I, they saw Wonder Woman 1984 and, and they said, yeah. Ah. I really wanted that Rogue Squadron <laughs> movie, so I really hope that comes back around. Whether that's her yeah. directing or not, I really just want that movie. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I would love to see that. Uh, Josh, I know you're not as invested in this stuff as we are, but any of these three stick out to you that sound cool? Um, I was I was very sh- surprised that Daisy Ridley. I mean, unless they backed up a truck of money, uh, probably that she would want to continue. I I agree. Doing, I got the sense that this, after so... the, her trilogy, she was just kind of done, especially with like the shit she got online from people and that kind of thing. It was just easier just to be done and walk away. Yeah, none of it was her uh, fault. She was an she was amazing as Ray. It was the oh, writing I, I that agree. was the problem. Yeah. Oh right. Uh, but yeah, I I. I I wouldn't have ever banked on any of those characters, you know, especially the main characters being involved enough to do anything. So I guess that that intrigues me the most. Mm. I mean, most things that they're making for either, you know, theater or that are, you know, it's easier to digest, you know, a two hour movie than worry about committing to seasons or years of mythology yeah so i I, you know i'll I'll probably just by being you know your guy's friend i'll probably (laughs) see all of them yeah well we welcome you to the fold yeah (laughs) (laughs) um all right well i guess that's kind of oh the one other thing i guess happened at the the panel where they talked about the movies i quickly uh they did show a new trailer for indiana jones and the dial of destiny i did post it on the page i didn't watch it I actually kind of started to. I got about 30 seconds in and was like, nope, they're telling me too much. I'm done. I stopped. Uh, so that trailer is out there, too, if you are curious. I, I had one other note yeah, uh, for this Daisy Ridley series that we may get. I think maybe you see Oscar Isaac and John Boyega back again just so they can right the wrong of not shipping the two of them. Uh, in Rise of Skywalker so that they could still air the film in the Chinese market. Since this is a show that they're not worried about the Chinese box office, they can do what they should have done the first time. And no, this is a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, they don't care about the Chinese box office. Anymore. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I was thinking it was a show for some reason. Never mind. Yeah, if it's a movie, <laughs> they're, they're still not going to do it. Damn it. Yeah, I, I, least, I, I think their relationship was one of the most like they had such chemistry from their very first scene that regardless of what their relationship is or wasn't it was just interesting and it was yeah. fun to watch so i would just enjoy having more of them for that sake and sure. i wouldn't be surprised if if daisy really comes back if that's enough to get john boyega and oscar isaac back just to sort of complete that that holy trinity of the three main actors from those movies but I guess it also depends where the story goes and if they fit in there. I don't know. I don't know where they go with that, but we'll see. Uh, oh, last note too for anyone that is looking to go to the next Star Wars celebration, they did announce where it's going to be next, which is going to be Tokyo, Japan, uh, April eighteenth to the twentieth of twenty twenty five. So they're actually skipping next year. It's going to be two years away. So I I doubt I would love to go to that one. I doubt I'm going to make it to Tokyo for this. So we'll have to yeah, wait till they to- come back. Tokyo is a one. long way to go. Yeah. Is 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 Tokyo anywhere near Super Mario World? 
probably. I think, yeah, because, I mean, well, is... yeah, I don't know where in Japan they put Super Mario World, so I don't know if it was in Tokyo or around Tokyo, I'm not quite sure. Because that would be pretty badass to do Star Wars Celebration and then go to fucking Super Mario World. Don't, don't like... tempt me, Andy. That, yeah. that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Where's, where's that work pipe? <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> Just pop out in celebration yeah. afterwards. <laughs> It is. It is in Osaka. The Mario Worlds Osaka, Japan. Yes. How close is that to Tokyo? I feel like Japan is not a huge island, so it's several islands actually. Well, yeah, I think. I think they're. Okay, so they. I guess let's see. Today's geography lesson brought to you by Brian and Super Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Audio geography lesson. No so, blade, so still go look at a map, sucker. Yeah, you're probably better the, at doing all of this yourself. The the bullet train from Osaka to Tokyo is three hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, but you get to ride a fucking bullet train. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that movie? And and we, we, we could all that. go and we could I, reenact I wonder, scenes and get arrested in Japan. I, I wonder if the bullet that train looks like a kick in time. The bullet train leading to Super Mario World is Bullet Bill. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it Colored goes specifically that directly way, there, oh but no, man, but I really on. hope it That's, is. Right? It's a missed opportunity. I didn't know yeah, I needed for it. For sure. Yeah. Especially Slow if they get the fruit. boxing Bullet Bill, the one that has the fists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good shit. Um, I don't know, as far as podcasting, what we're going to do next. I know we're due for another Mission Impossible movie, so that might be what's next up. Uh, I know we got to fit that in before the end of the month. waving my thumbs up because, because it's number five, and I'm excited for that one because I get to come back. Yeah, yeah. Josh is <laughs> on five. You're back for the next two. Yeah, we should do that. So he's yeah, on Josh for the had, next two. That's yeah, what I was... <laughs> he, Josh is on five and six. So we'll have to, wait, yeah, we have to get, Andy, I guess we'll have to try to schedule maybe you and Ian for the, the pre, maybe next week. And then okay. the, maybe next, not this coming weekend, but by next weekend, we'll try to watch it and then we'll reconvene the weekend after. So that would be, what week is that? Like the last week of April. Yeah. So yeah, 2024, 20, 20, yeah, somewhere in there. We'll try to schedule. We, so we yeah. Gotta, we got to hit like a, a, what, like a mid to late July mark. Yeah. So yeah, I guess for, for the listeners, I guess that's probably the next one. Most, most likely the next uh, episode you hear is, is the never seen that for Rogue Nation <laughs> will be our next one. Um, alright well that's it uh, if you've enjoyed the show please support us leave a 5 star rating and review give us a share on social media be sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you're listening we are found on Spotify iTunes Google Anchor Stitcher Amazon uh, hopefully anywhere you're finding a podcast you can find us uh, check us out on Facebook search Bry Guy into Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash superfriends uh, you can send us questions comments topics suggestions any of that stuff there uh, try to email me superfriends at gmail.com it's probably been over a year since I checked that shit uh, hit us up on Twitter at BG Superfriends. That I will see and respond to. Uh, anytime you would like to follow me on Twitch, I am at Jedi Bry Guy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, if we ever do any live recordings of the show, we will do it there. If you want to randomly catch me uh, streaming some video games, we'll see. I'm I'm half tempted to stream my entire playthrough of of Jedi Survivor when it releases, and you can watch me struggle through all of that shit because it's going to be ah. painful, I think, for me. But we'll see if I decide to did, do that or not. <laughs> did you finish the first one? I did finish the first one. I didn't okay. stream it, so my struggles were kept internally, and I was screaming to myself. <laughs> uh, if it's on Twitch, I don't know how well that's going to well, go. Well, now you can scream into the void. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. I, I might If I end up doing that, maybe I'll post some links when it, when it comes out. We got about two weeks or... Yeah, about two. Yeah, a little over two weeks until Jedi Survivors comes out. So we will 
keep an eye out for the end of the month for that one. Uh, but I guess that's it. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. No. <laughs> you had a better one at the beginning. <laughs>